G'day listeners, you're tuned to Soundwaves, a podcast that explores the nexus between surfing and music and the nefarious spaces in between. Between the wave and the rave, between the heaving shack and the martial stack, between neoprene and spandex, the mosh pit and the death pit, fiberglass and vinyl, the boogie and the board, between Brian Eno and George Greeno. So wax up your stick, crank up the stereo, paddle out into the secret sonic surf spot that is sound waves tales from the shack 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 everybody stop talking now attention i told you all of my critics i told you all that i was the greatest of all time on a beast under listen I told you today, I'm still the greatest of all time. Never again defeat me. Never again say that I'm going to be defeated. Never again make me the underdog until I'm about 50 years old. Right. Then you might get me. Whoa. I, 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 it's so good. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty amped, amped yeah. for, for this episode. I'm, uh, I had a sleepless night uh, pondering, pondering the uh, the undisputed. But wow. um, well, and and let, let's yeah. just let's just um, as you've just mentioned that magic word. So uh, undisputed adjective, not disputed or doubted, not disputed, not contested, not called into question as an undisputed title, undisputed truth. Adjective universally agreed upon, not disputed. Now, obviously, so this is this is the uh, uh, this is the target today. But of course, there will be lots and lots of dispute because, just judging from uh, the brief conversations we've had and um, we've had with a couple of the boys, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Object objectivity and subjectivity are uh, two widely, widely, wildly different things. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think I've said it before. I think I think there's some things you just can't argue with. Which well, hopefully we can. Uh, hopefully we can um, delve into them. So, um, g'day to you, brother. G'day to you uh, on the other side of the yo, world. Yo, yo, yeah. yep. Um, Pumping still in the northern Atlantic. Yeah, the, the, the Atlantic has been throwing up some uh, ridiculous, ridiculous waves. And yeah, uh, suffice to say that I am pretty sore. Um, and interesting, <laughs> uh, hearing, about, uh, hearing about Muhammad Ali saying, come back, come back and uh, you might be able to beat me when I'm 50. Well, yeah. As I push that, as I push closer to that age, the uh, the surf seems to be beating me quite regularly. Uh, um, yeah, it, the oh, yeah, uh, recovery time is is not what it used to be. That's funny. Yeah, well, I got six months to go. I don't know about you until I fall off the cliff. Um, I'm actually uh, yeah, I've got eighteen. So um, yeah. Well, uh, well, there you go. Oh, you got you're a spring chicken. Um, so he, heaps of vis, heaps of vis. Yeah, there. yeah. Today was actually, um, yeah, a couple of. Uh, I've I've been trying my um my Gabriel Medina double hand drag. 
Oh, four hand, double hand drag. So, um, yeah, occasionally, in the occasionally, oven. occasionally successful, <laughs> but um, I, I, I got I got a bit of Joey Tapel vis, vision um, today. Nice. So it's always, and one particularly nice one where I thought I was a goner, but somehow, um, purely by accident, um, I managed to doggy door it, which is never an easy oh. thing. So uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, mm. It was a, a rarity, but uh, no, very nice. You, you know what it's like when you get when you get a bit of vision. You're uh, you you're mm. glowing. Well, it's been a while since I've had the vis, but that's okay. Um, as we uh, were discussing before the show, uh, Huey, our um, god benevolent benefactor, isn't is not as omnipotent as we would like i suppose <laughs> kind of gets uh, he or she gets um sort of on on task in one side of the planet and forgets the other but anyway that's that's life we actually had our last uh comp for the for the local surf club and um or the prezo at least it's supposed to be a fun comp as well but it was pretty small but uh clintonis maximus took out the trophy for the senior men's yeah. which was pretty predictable yeah um so i had a quick uh gave him a quick congratulations um nice uh, but no yeah surf wise pretty pretty average um, pretty pretty average <laughs> yeah 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 um and uh has there been any uh floaters any floaters i don't mean out in the surf um either um floating around the lineup or floating on lips uh any any yeah, go, go. Any surf or music that's been um, tickling your fancy of late? Well, quite a lot of yeah, quite a lot of things have been going on. I reckon um, since last we spoke, um, I find it uh, interesting that this the corporate sort of surf world has been. I don't know, like the, 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 there was a full page ad in the the local paper, the Fairfax uh, paper. Uh, it was a Patagonia ad. Or as I saw a T-shirt written uh, in the same style as Patagonia, a propagandia. Um, and basically it was this environmental message, uh, a full page ad in the, in the paper, which I thought wow. was quite interesting. Uh, and there's also a double spread of Otis Carey. He is now a, an ambassador for, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Long Longines, Longins, oh, yeah. watches? The, the Swiss watch whatever's manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. So that was quite interesting. Longin, I, just, I think uh, it's Longin. That sounds better than what I said. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's a positive side to that. I mean, because it was it was um, sort of highlighting his um, his indigenous heritage and his artwork. Um, not not so much his surfing, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's positives to. Oh, what do you think the corporate, no, no, corporate no, well, world entering? I would say, first of all, that anyone who has a shirt that says Patagonia is propaganda is a fucking Muppet to start with. Because <laughs> um, of any company in the world, let alone in the piss weak, myopic, bloody surf industry, um, Patagonia is so far above anyone else that it's not funny. So um yeah it sounds that sounds like someone who's been drip fed a diet of trump and facebook 
uh, more than likely. Um, hopefully that's not someone you know or someone in your family. <laughs> yeah, it was some, some dude at the skate bowl. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting. I, I, yeah, because I think Patagonia signed up for that one, I think it's that 1% for the planet. And, you know, someone, I think one of my kids said 1%, that's nothing. But, uh, you know, if every company in the world sort of set aside 1%, one percent, uh, it's a lot. To, for, that's actually shitload. Yeah, it's heaps. Yeah. I mean, most, uh, you know, most people estimate the GDP required for each country to solve most of our environmental problems is, is around the 3 or 4% markets. It's bugger all. Um, no, but that, unfortunately, mate, yeah. unfortunately, mate you, you know, you, if you up it from the 0.0001% that is currently used, then that, that 3% with is going to really deprive a lot of bankers of their bonuses <laughs> their longine watch maybe <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh, uh, so, so that that was just that that piqued my interest just a bit of corporate sort of uh surf ad, advertising kind of uh intrusion but uh another thing um i'll i'll say three surf spots and i just want want you to say what comes to your mind Lakey Peak. More difficult than it looks. Okay. How about trestles? I would say crowded, soft. Mm -hmm. How about, what, what comes to mind when you think Wiseman's Ferry? Wiseman's Ferry. Uh, I would think of picking strawberries. <laughs> Well, apparently it's going to have a world-class A-frame peak soon. What? Uh, on the yeah. river? Well, I don't know about on the river, <laughs> but there's a, apparently there's a, a high-end surf camp uh, with a wave pool being, being developed there. Yeah. Um, there might be some time chair accommodation, a golf course. Um, yeah. It sounds like the kind of people who I'll be lining up against the wall when I become the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the not so benevolent dictator of Australia. Yeah, that's it's you're gonna need a big wall, I think, mate. You know, <clears throat> I thought I thought that golf did the uh did the work of putting most wankers in the world together in one place at one time. Why do we need fucking uh, honestly, why do we need high end um gated communities with surf pools or does it really is it is it really necessary i will say one thing that's been floating my boat um and it it floated it due to doing a bit of research for this episode was on the encyclopedia of surf website um gotta love it there mm. is a i was looking up stuff for um the beloved mr and there's, oh. a, there's a video and it's called faster twin fin exclamation mark kill exclamation mark kill exclamation mark oh so this is the video so and the video is really cool it's it's a whole load of twinnies people ripping on twin fins all over the uh you know the kind of when was the heyday i guess the the early to mid 80s um but but the best part of it is listen to this this is the right thing to do so let's go
That is Iggy Pop. Um, oh, wow. And it's Iggy Pop Bang Bang. And I'm assuming that it's probably like Iggy in the mid 80s. So maybe, maybe Iggy being influenced or influencing uh, New Wave because it's, um, it, it's got a bit of that New Wave kind of vibe to it, hey? That whole era, people, you know, it's pretty day glow. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty 80s um, cool. You've got, I don't know, mm. um, there's a Instagram, an Instagram, whatever they're called, uh, person. <laughs> uh, and I, well, there's two. One is um, board porn. I don't know if you follow oh, yeah. that. Um, and another one's I Love Twin Fins. And um, the I Love Twin Fins one, they often have Stussy Twin Fins and the Stussy Twin Fins just look absolutely yeah. they're They're sexy, sexy pieces it, of art and I'm sure very functional as well. Another surf podcast <laughs> that I was listening to, they, um, they actually stole an idea that we had, which was talking about the top logos of all time, surf logo. Uh, <clears throat> and um, Stussy was up there as you can expect as you yeah know. okay yeah 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 talk about podcasts stealing our stuff there's like raster has got on his podcast he's got like a cartoon picture of a shed called the watershed like really um and the woozle the woozle's got a, a sound waves yeah yeah but anything yeah. the woozle touches turns to liquid shit so um uh i wouldn't worry about that too much so uh, look, look backs. Are we looking Ooh, back? Yeah. Is there anything to look back on? <laughs> anything? Well, I think, yeah. Anything of note? Well, well, yeah, I think, yeah, last episode, um, we sort of passing, well, I mentioned uh, going up north and surfing Annie, Annie Heads. Oof. And, and then we got some feedback from, from old uh, PH, uh, who was actually there at the, at the Christian camp I mentioned, where... Thumping the, um, thumping the Bible. Basically, the night before... The prayers were were uh, were sent to uh, ask for swell. The next day it was pumping, and and um, PH sent us some pictures of of that swell and and a whole bunch of them jumping off the rocks. Yeah, that's, that's uh, at, classic. That photo, which is, uh, and I forgot that uh, Mrs. Bodger was there. She was oh. there too, uh, with her <laughs> brother. Um, and uh, yeah, that was quite. I think uh, Roscoe Pitt Coltrane was there. Uh, well, do you know what you well-known shaper nick pope uh was there um i think most of them had a, had a small conversion at least i don't know how long lasting it was but well know, it's, until it's the swell died i suppose <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right um it's funny because you just mentioning that um uh mrs bodger's uh brother was was at that particular one because when i went up on a a much more modified uh it was it was a i think it was a um a, a, it was a a god strike mission because uh god must have spoken to 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 bb and um said head up the coast uh but um uh, mrs bodger's brother was on that mission as well so um oh, there you go maybe, maybe um but it did make me think that how it was, it was a weird time when we were kids that that it, it, Basically, a church—not even the church—it was just like a youth group from the church could just say, "Yeah, do you want to go on a on a camp with us?" And there was no real kind of forms filled out. You just sort of said to your parents, "I'm going 
going away the weekend with a bunch of Christian surpers and um and it was going okay have fun well we um, I, I I vividly remember um because I actually went to <laughs> I went to church um one one Sunday evening because it was uh you know that these 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 kind of churches they have their um congregations on a Sunday evening I guess there's a for the younger people and yeah. um the we left straight after the after the service in the in the yellow um Toyota Corolla uh BB knew that there was no way I was going to stay up and he said to um Aldo who was in the front he said if I look like I'm starting to fall asleep, pull the hairs on my legs. And, uh, we, and, and, uh, BB had, and probably still has, um, pretty good music taste. So it was, it was some, uh, listen to some oh, classic, wow. classic Oz rock all the, all the way up to, um, all the way up to the, the Northern rivers. How good is that? Yeah. But, uh, uh, that's awesome. But it made me think, cause I actually had one of my best on one of those Christian camps down, down South uh to a beach near near Jeringal. I got probably one of the best backhand barrels probably to this day. <laughs> uh and I think PH even saw it. If you're listening PH, um I think he even drew a picture of it. He was quite a, an artist back in the day. Anyway, I I thought well maybe because I, I I I didn't really, you know, you weren't buying you weren't buying into the uh the religious maybe that's my Maybe that's my problem. That's why I haven't been barreled since. Maybe um, the the powers that be just saw that you were taking advantage of the situation to get back on <laughs> barrel. Yeah, that's right. They've curtailed yeah. your they've curtailed your ability to get jacked <laughs> on the backhand from henceforth. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Hmm. Could be just lack of ability, but anyway, it well, was a nice barrel. Absolutely. Anyway, mate, love it, love it. Okay, well, let, let's um, let's roll on into the uh, into the shack. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, before we go, one more oh, thing. Yeah. We um, we did have some listener feedback from Mr. Jamie Brissick. Woo. Um, a, a few episodes back, we talked about um, the performers and Richard Cram and his and his music taste and his love his penchant for good sandwiches and um so i posed a question to mr brisk on his on his instagram said you know what brilliant what instagram if anyone's uh, interested yeah. in something that's a little bit more cerebral than um uh yeah. fitness videos and pictures of food basically where he reckons he tries out his sort of medium form writing so he just puts stuff out there as embarrassing as it could be uh, for himself, and that's how he develops as a writer, which I think is, I think is great. Yeah, um, but, but basically, he's, he listened to when he was a kid, he said, I listened to The Germs, Stiff Little Fingers, Iggy Pop, and Husker Du, uh, which is pretty sick. And then his favourite sandwich was Mum's Salami on Rye, heavy on the mustard. Nice. Plastic nice. Yeah, well, um, we um, speaking of Husker Du, uh, Bob Mould, I think that's his name, Bob Mould, the yep. singer of Husker Du. He put out, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but he put out an album as Sugar. Um, yeah, yeah. In the, would it be early 90s, I guess? Early to mid 90s? Uh, yeah. Copper, was it cop, Copper something? Sugar, Copper? 
Yeah, um, anyway, I think it, something like that. Yeah, it's such a fucking mind blowing album. Um, mm-hmm. Need to go and re uh, revisit that. Uh, Copper Blue, it's called. Um, and it's not only is it brilliant, it's uh, if my memory serves me correctly, I think it's on Creation Records, which is one of my all time favorite record labels as well. Oh, okay. Um, nice. Uh, of course, we still haven't done the record label surf label um, episode, but we'll, we'll have to do that. Yeah, we have to uh, do that. Interestingly, that Husker do kind of you know pretty much an unsung kind of groundbreaker music wise, but. They're, when the Pixies were looking for their bass player, they put an ad in the paper and it said, we're looking for someone who's into Hootskadu and Peter, Paul and Mary. And, uh, <laughs> and that's where they got Kim Deal. She, answered, she was the only one who answered the ad. So, undisputed. Um, I came up with a few. So in, in Portu- Portugal um, and Spain, there is a, an expression which is, Sing rival or sens rival or sinza rival, maybe that's Italian. Anyway, mm-hmm. which basically means no rival. Right. Okay. I get uh, that. When when I was thinking about in undisputed, I was thinking, if you're thinking about undisputed musicians and surfers, which I guess this mm-hmm. podcast is all about, it should be genre defining, culture defining. I think it's good if they they have a chameleon aspect to them. <clears throat> trendsetter of course um should they be a good person maybe not uh some sort of level of spirituality i think is kind of uh or mysticism kind of work. Tra- yeah transcendence um, it's trans oh yeah nice nice style in capital letters uh <laughs> non-conformist maybe that's just my slant a bit of fuck you a little bit of fuck you is uh is always good um and then i think you know love of love of History, love of art, love of humanity. Maybe again, I'm putting my. Uh, no, that's yeah. You know the things that when you think about undisputed, uh, for me at least, a lot of those things kind of um, boxes get ticked. Sure. So sure. I am. Um, I came up with uh, for me, surf-wise, um, my undisputed list and of course like anything we do on this podcast it's by no means exhaustive there's uh there's a lot of a lot of uh room room to move but i've got george greeno nat derek hind laurie towner oki mm. and the batic hedgeman himself lachlan anderson <laughs> that's great <laughs> awesome so who was the second last one uh, Laurie Towner. Laurie, yeah, wow. Just because I kind, of, I was kind of thinking, you know, uh, I don't know. He, he's just so unassuming and just so hardcore and uh, mm. kind of effortless in his ability to just charge. I'm not, you know, charging big waves is not my idea of uh, surfing. Just because I prefer the the smaller to medium size personally, but. Uh, <laughs> You know he's he, he's of and obviously he, he rips on on smaller ways, but I, I I just like he just seems like a thoroughly decent bloke, you know. Yeah, um, I, and I think the good thing about him is uh, I I don't really even know what he looks like. Um, he doesn't seem like a self promoter either. Like he, I know what he sort of surfs like, but he, you don't see pictures of him much. I don't think he's really sponsored that heavily. No. Um, so he's, he's just a charger. 
But I mean, if, yeah, I, think if reasons. I think for, if you're going to ask me who's my all-time favorite surfer, and I mean, this is from, you know, from day dot, it's Oki without any shadow of a doubt. So um, now, yeah. you know, as people get older, things change and whatever else, but just what the joy that Ock has brought me throughout my years, 38 years or whatever as a, as a surfer, 37 years, um, is definitely uh, unparalleled, I would, I would say. Do you have a, what, what you, sorry? No, no, well, I was just thinking like you, you, that list is pretty epic. Do, did you have reasons for each one of those? Well, yeah, you know, like, I wanted to have someone who, well, Oki, who's kind of like, you know, the pro kind of, yep. I guess, mega celebrity surfer. Uh, I mean, you don't get much more famous than yep. Oki in the world of surf, really, you know. Um, yep. But he also, you know, the, as everyone knows, the beauty of Voki uh, is he's such an eccentric, but he's just managed to, I, I guess he's, he's managed to meld the surf industry around him or either that or Gordon Merchant has just so, got such a, a good understanding of Oki's talents that he's just basically, um, he, he's like one of these uh, child prodigies who just gets kind of um, uh, groomed and um, supported yeah. all the way through. But uh, I, I don't think that Oki was particularly groomed. He was obviously a, uh, groomed back into life after fat Oki um, took mm. over. Uh, and I'm sure that Billabong had a huge, played a huge part in that. Um, I thought that, I mean, I, I'm always going to pick people, I guess, who are a bit more cerebral. Um, and yep. obviously Derek Hind and uh, Greeno kind of tick, tick those boxes um, sure. without, a, without a doubt. And can I, just go, can I just go into a little Derek Hine thing now? Uh, I don't know if you remember back in the 90s, Derek Hine used to write um, for Surfer Magazine and he wrote this, um, the reviews of the new top 30 each year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back when the ASP, the ASP had... The power had, rankings. Exactly. So it was, it was the, 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 uh, the forefather to the power rankings. Um, and he absolutely laid into people which was done you know in an extremely witty and uh, very cerebral way um okay tell me who this surfer is this is from one of his um new top 30 reviews chicks dig chicks dig him scored a major deal from oxbow a french company because of his face often wears an elephant man mask to give the truth a rest Life's bad when an innocent mm glance can lead to outrageous sexual advances. His surfing is not as flawless as, as his looks. Actually, his surfing can be, can be ugly as sin, but there you go, yin and yang. Far more attractive when he slows it all down and performs with his limbs in harmony, as was the, as was the case against Rob Bain in Lackanau, at Lackanau in Perfect Lefts. The best heat of mm's life, a mean competitor, and that's real beauty. Now this oh. person has a connection to uh, to 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 us um, because he used to surf um, at the beach next to your beach. 
Yeah, I, I think I know who it is. Is it um, SBB? It is Stuart Bedford Brown. Stuart Bedford Brown. Nice. And um, actually, uh, I've got uh, I've got two Stuart Bedford Brown little anecdotes. Wow. One of them is that he may well have slept with my sister. Um, <laughs> I think that she was probably um, the right age. I'm not 100% sure, but. Um, and secondly, uh, out of that relationship, I got a really cool pair of Oxbow jeans. I, that, that's, <laughs> I just don't know what to say. Wow. <laughs> so I had these, I had this great Oxbow, they were like, they had this mad um, pattern on these denim jeans, Oxbow jeans. And Oxbow, you couldn't, um, you, you couldn't get. So I, 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 I really love those those jeans and um, my sister got a, a, a range of Oxbow products from uh, her, her uh, liaison with Stuart Bedford Brown. I'm sure that um, she was probably one of the many of Stuart Bedford Brown's uh, conquests. Here's a All right, here we go. <clears throat> Surfer, of, this is the same year. Surfer of the year, please let no one dispute that. Absolutely bullshit rampage through Europe to virtually seal the world title. Shut Curran down in the heat of the year at the Rip Curl Pro at Maxing Hossegor after Spain only had to cruise. Got to Hawaii and slaughtered Sunset Beach for the hard rock win, then screwed up at Small Pipe for the Masters. He was behind at that point, but seemed destined to win the Billabong Pro at Classic Pipe. So with the entire old Newport Plus crew on the beach watching, played it like he was surfing for the club and did what he loves to do, screw up big time. The interference, the interference call against Todd Holland was probably a million dollar error. If he forget, if he can forget the past, he can slam the coming world title home. Obviously, you know who that is. Got to be TC. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, no good. Uh, Derek Hine not only is just an innovator of uh, epic proportions on. You know, he may may well be one of the main reasons that everyone's riding all this alternative craft. You know, certainly, um, yeah, certainly pushed the boundaries and and is still pushing the boundaries. Uh, oh, so yeah, so that 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 was one reason he was on my list. Greeno, I think, just because he's just such an outrageous, mm. uh, outrageously out there um, talent uh, who. Um, just has been blasting away since the 60s you know and is still mm -hmm. still doing it i don't know did you see that um did they make a film about that edge board oh yeah on the edge of the dream yeah 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 Have you seen that yes yeah it's oh. fascinating yeah okay. um uh, i yeah it's hard to describe because i mean the, the the shape is so different and yeah i can't i can't get my head around I'd, I'd have to have a i'd like to be able to have a look at one but i can't really get my head around the the shape yeah it was funny actually i because they they filmed the um well the, the movie um on the edge of a dream at the Coleroy cinema and actually the boys um andrew kidman and um couple of the crew who are in the movie, they actually slept over at our house. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and they had a photo this American photographer with them as well. And the next morning we were going to go for a surf and then uh, Mrs. Bodger goes, oh, but, but uh, Dazzy, you got to, you got to do that garden that, cause uh, Mrs. Bodger had a gardening business at the time. She said, you got to, 
um, fill that trailer up with all the garden stuff at this person's house. And so Andrew and, and the rest of the On the Edge of a Dream crew came and helped me do the gardening before we went for a surf. So I thought that was pretty, <laughs> that was you, pretty cool. Did you have a go of an edge board? I did. I caught one wave out at the reef because it was pretty tiny. And yeah, I, it did feel like it had some weird acceleration to it that, that uh, I reckon there's, there's something to it um, for sure. But, but yeah, but I mean, back to Greeno, I mean, it's such an enigmatic character. Um, not one to just um, open up to anyone, um, which I, I, you know, I, it's almost verging seems on the on on sort of some sort of paranoia. But I actually think it's it's cool that he's not just um, out there kind of living, dining out on his reputation. He kind yeah, of yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he's he's essentially just inventing and just going nuts in the, in the workshop mm. day after day as he always has right well as far as i know yeah mm. but uh, like i said yeah, he's not one to 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 blow his own trumpet so to speak so i also put nat in the in the thing um uh i mean it's funny it's extremely aussie centric because i don't have a i know greeno's american so um now i know personally we've already we've already talked about nat and his uh, and a childhood of having being dropped in on him <laughs> being dropped in on by him so I, I certainly as a as a micro grommet used to very much hate Nat but um, I do recall being given the uh, Nat's history of surfing and oh, yeah. uh, just now I've, I've got it still somewhere um, and just yeah, being so transfixed it. by the whole book, but particularly a few pictures in there in, in it. There's, um, there's actually a picture in that book of Tom Carroll out pipeline. It looks like he's surfing wave rock. You know that? Uh, yeah. I know that one. Yeah. There's like those, you know, when there's these lines of kind of these lines going up the face. It's like, oh, man, I remember just, you know when you you look at a photo for just hours on end and just go fuck me that's just... no i know that well, i've stared at that one too because the lip is is sort of fat so it looks like a rock as you said you know yeah it's just heavy, heavy, heavy and there's a story actually one of the the i actually like the way that nat writes because he did he did write um uh articles i guess it was in the 90s in quite a few surfing mags um but there is a part of that there's a story of and I, I can't remember exactly what the two guys were called it might have been um uh it wasn't freeth but it was one of these early hawaiian pioneers and these two guys they paddle out at sunset i think and then yeah. the surf the surf gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then they can't come in and so they decide to paddle across to waimea um, I don't know. Well, maybe they're at Waimea and they paddled back. Anyway, they, the, basically the surf got too big to, to do anything. I mean, and um, one of the guys disappears, disappeared out to sea and never, never to be seen again. I don't know if they found oh his God. body or whatever, but died. And the other guy, um, I'll have to do a bit of investigation. The other guy uh, makes it into shore and blah, 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 blah. And I just remember as a kid just thinking, fuck me, that's just, that's heavy. Mm. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, Nat, when we were kids, had a fucking surf shop with a big wave painted on it just down the road, you know. Um, yeah. 
and he ran for parliament. Um, yeah, that's right. And he was on the cover of Vogue. <laughs> he was he he pioneered fucking um, snowboarding. I mean, he did all sorts of. He had um, uh, he had a pretty good-looking daughter um, that was out, always out in the surf as well. Um, and obviously, uh, how many? There seem to be about twenty sons that rip as well. Maybe there's only two, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely a, a legacy there, and and the the classic um, Farrelly young rivalry. Uh, it's uh, it's I thought yeah I never really understood, but I thought it's just a classic that they well, both the, still kind the, of the lived other, around this area. Well, the other funny thing is you you, uh, you know, <clears throat> one of the all time uh, most famous surfers, and he's from fucking Collaroy. Which anyone, any of our uh, international listeners, um, it's almost as good as being from um, Bog. Yeah, it's one spot we can blow up without any <laughs> any repercussions. No one wants to go to Colorado uh, oh, unless you go to the yeah. cinema, of course. Um, <clears throat> well, and funnily enough, I I, I I was thinking about MR, of course, because you mm. know. I've never been a huge MR fan, or I never was, but I think as time goes by, I'm much more of an MR fan, um, just because of his legacy and what he does now. Yeah, I think there's that longevity. I think there's a few surfers, I was thinking about that too, that the ones that are still going, Yeah. Um, I think that's got to count for something. Have you seen, um, do you follow him on Instagram? Because he oh. has the most... He has the, he writes these kind of little novellas about how he's making a board and sanding a board and, and, you know, all the little intricate things. And he has these videos of him um, doing, he's, he does all these own paint jobs and everything. It's, it's really impressive stuff. I mean, he's a true craftsman, you know? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, no, he's great. He seems like such a sort of a top notch kind of guy too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and um, so do it, in my uh, investigation, um, there was a, an interview with, uh, with MR and this kind of um, cemented my um, thing for Nat Young. Cause he says, well, there's two, there's two, uh, two questions that stood out in this interview. It's quite a long interview, but really interesting. It says, uh, first question is what makes you happy? Um, sex and tube rides. That's MR. That's MR. <laughs> yes. So um, you can't get much. You can't get much more uh, worthy or simple than that. Yeah. And the second um, one is the second one is what surfer did you admire growing up? And he says, Nat's Nat, and that's that. That's great. <laughs> so. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah. What about you? Give me a give me a surfer. John John Florence, I just think he's, but God, I mean, just to watch his turns is, I think it's, it is almost a spiritual experience. Are you talking about when like, you, have you seen, sorry to interrupt, but there's, there's video of him at like, it must be like fucking 12 foot outer reef or something. And he's surfing it like it's about a two foot. Thing. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It, there's something about the modern surf surf a lot of them do it these turns that they can do where they just get out in the face and just do these it's like a hack 
cut back. I don't even know what you really call it, but just the, the amount that they can draw those turns out and then still keep speed um, while sort of doing these kind of funky two-hand behind-the-back kind of style. Yeah, almost like they're, they're, oh, they're leaning. They're using their, they're pushing off the water with their, their hands at the back, right? Yeah, and I, th I think it's just that effortlessness of the turns, but the power combined is just so beautiful to watch. I, I think, so because I was thinking, you know, I think someone like Terry Fitzgerald uh, back in the day and, and Wayne Lynch, they, they had probably TF embodies that kind of body talk these and 70s style. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of that probably stemmed from the equipment, having to having to kind of contort your body to make the board do what you wanted to do. Yeah. And sure. in, in some people's cases, it produced this beautiful style. In other cases, it, it just, you just look like a pooch in that old equipment. But I don't know. I think it's a, a combination of modern boards and modern surfing style. I think no, someone good, like John Jim Collins... And I don't he, know. Just, he does seem like oh. a. He, he seems like a, a genuinely uh, decent bloke as well. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> yeah, pretty humble as far as I can see. But yeah, and so, uh, Wayne Lynch came up as well. I thought just because, uh, look, I don't know enough about him and what happened during that shortboard revolution, but it seems pretty undisputed uh, yeah. that yeah. he was by far the the best surfer to make that adaptation from the from the long board to the short board and absolutely yep. rip and then we saw wayne's backhand surfing and went oh, wait a minute <laughs> you know what's wrong with us because he seemed stronger on his backhand than most of the regular foots and he was doing stuff that they couldn't do and then we saw him go left and went oh he's better going left think about it kelly slater has innovated nothing Kelly Slater took the paradigm that existed and did it better. But he didn't burst onto the scene and shock people. When Wayne Lynch is in his, living in his teepee. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's surfing all those misto reefs by himself and he's got like a fucking catamaran and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I know that's probably 15 years old now, but... Um, probably more anyway he, he was ripping then and i mean apparently mm. he still serves super well he must be what 60 plus yeah he must be i mean he yeah i mean yeah talk about longevity as well and you know he's obviously shaper and you know he, yeah such an amazing history i still haven't seen that doco about him but you know he, you know he had to he spent a couple of years hiding in the bush down south avoiding the draft is yeah. uh fascinating um individual yeah anyone else uh well, um, well no only um as i said only uh bat the batik hedgeman um just because uh, at the batik hedge a a wedgie left-hander that can sometimes be be like a mini little point break if the conditions are right um yeah. Uh, with a beautiful barrelly inside section and a big peaking drop drop of a takeoff, there was a man who I th I think has subsequently uh, no I know has subsequently moved up to the uh, uh, the coast um, up up 
up the coast, not too far up the coast. Uh, but he would just dominate that spot and he had a very unusual style in, mm. in the water, out of the water. And he would stay out there for eight hour sessions. And uh, oh, when he was on, he was on. He just ruled the place. And, you know, he, he ruled the place from the age of about 14 onwards. And everyone gave him just maximum respect. And you don't see that very often where you've got a, an essentially a grommet just kind of dictating in a place where there's lots of guys, including Stuart Bedford Brown would have been there at the time, you know, a top 30 surfer. And uh, the Batik Hedgeman was, um, he, he was, you know, head and shoulders. Uh, well, I mean, he, he just, he just really surfed that particular wave extremely well and, um, and just lived the place. He, he, he literally lived the place. So, that's that's my kind of homegrown hero, I would say. Yeah, he was always in the right spot, wasn't he? It mm. drove me mad. I'd go paddle inside him, paddle outside him. He'd always get the right way. Um, but he had this crazy front foot surf style, didn't he? His like front foot was kind of way up the front. And yeah, that's true. He was well, his nickname Frenzy Man by um, by a friend of ours because <laughs> he was pretty frantic with his style, but but definitely unique style, wasn't he? Uh, any more surfers? We haven't even gone on to music yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll quickly go through a few. Um, for female, I think Paige, uh, is it Arms? Arms? Oh, yeah. Um, yep. big, I just saw footage of her again. It was, it was a bit old, I think, getting barreled at, at um, Piahi. It's yours. Oh, uh, I've seen that video. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. So I think she deserves a mention. Um, Local surfer, Lockie Rombouts, I think he's he's pretty much, you know, set the bar size-wise in the local area and just a an all-round top bloke. Does he um, always ride those bumper. does he always ride those big boards? Pretty much, yeah, but just yeah, just to the amount of talent in that guy, you know, he grew up in Hornsby, which drives me nuts that someone so good grew up so far from the ocean <laughs> um <laughs> and uh also the local at the local reef uh, sea bass just i think it's one of the best barrels i've ever seen in real life just just almost upside down when he took off on this thing and, and it's still kind of etched in my brain this just barrel just spat right in front of me so yeah well, i think he deserves the sea bass Oh, not not the pro sea bass, just the local guy ah, nicknamed sea bass. Yeah, ah, nice, nice. Um, yeah, pretty talented in the barrel. Started as a boogie boarder, I believe. Um, so there you go. Well, there's hope, um, hope for us all. Hope for us all. Um, do you want to move on to music now? Yeah, um, oh, wait. We we should. I mean, we've uh, we we definitely should. Sound. We got the waves part. Now we need the sound part. So I'm, well, I mean, fuck, undisputed music. Uh, yeah, it's it's all. I don't. Know, I was thinking about it. I was thinking, is it easier to come up with a list of undisputed surfers, or is it easier to come up with a list of undisputed um, musical talent? And uh, they're both pretty tough. Sorry, they're both pretty tough. I yeah, think. they're both pretty tough. They're both pretty tough. I mean, I I actually. I no, I I take that back because I I can say categorically that there is an undisputed music number one, which actually I would say 
in my world probably takes up positions one to eight out of ten. Uh, I think I can guess. Yeah, and it's the Fab Four, of course. Um, there's just for me, there's nothing that will ever come close to the Beatles. Um, and I know that's a cliche for many, many of our uh, listeners. Um, but yeah, I was raised on it and I will go to my grave knowing that the Beatles are the best thing that ever happened to uh, modern music. But that's just me. Well, I mean, let's, let's go through my list. Genre defining. Well, they defined, I mean, if you listen to, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this already on the, on, on the podcast, my memory is like a sieve. Um, mm -hmm. Just on the second side of Abbey Road, they defined about five genres in, a, in the space of about 10 minutes. So um, yeah. that, that's, you know, there's no doubt. Culture defining, well, of course, they were chameleons. I mean, think about the different phases of, um, of the Beatles. They set trends left, right and centre. Um, mm. I believe on the whole, they were good people, uh, particularly George, who's always my, been my favourite. Um, and Ringo actually seems... Uh, Paul kind of seems to have lost the plot these days, but, um, uh, you know, Ringo's a thoroughly decent bloke and, um, yeah, you know. Uh, spiritual, yes. Style, yes. Non-conformist, yes. Fuck you, yes. Uh, love of love and beauty, of course. Love of history, of art, of humanity. Yeah, goes without saying. So, I mean, they for me, they that's obviously my list, but, but they tick all my boxes on my list. Paul takes you to the party. George talks to you about God. John says, no, it's about love and pain. And then Ringo just says, hey, can we enjoy what we have while we have it? It's a good record. I shit you not. Well, it's yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with, isn't it? Um, yeah. And can I can I just play you a song which is just typical Beatles, um, unusual. Uh, you you might not even think it's them. If you're going to be in the, uh, if you're going to get into anywhere near the undisputed list, the 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 music has to kind of tug on your heartstrings a bit, which I means so many for me at least, so many of the Beatles songs do just that. Um, and I mean, that song "Flying" uh, is from an EP, which what? Well, it's <laughs> it's the Magical Mystery Tour, right? Which the Magical Mystery Tour was essentially an EP, but it's got like about fucking 10 songs on it. Not only that, they made a film about it. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. They're all dressed. I mean, it, that's got I Am The Walrus on it. It's, you know, they're all dressed up in, it, 
it's it's like an acid trip um you know an acid trip times 10 uh yeah, uh, yeah. the beatles just they, they just absolutely um do it for me for sure yeah well yeah i mean probably scandalously the only i didn't really have the beatles on my list but i did uh have them down for the most famous e chord in history undisputed um you know the song a day in the life yes um at the very end there's just this one chord just goes at the end and that's i think it's all all of them i think even george martin on a piano just playing an e chord and that's how the song finishes but they let it ring out and as as it gets softer they turn the volume up on the uh, on the mics yeah and it keeps going and going and going and then right at the end they've turned it up so high you could hear chairs creaking and um sort of people kind of shuffling around in the studio it's just i just love it it's so cool. fact that they they really didn't need any rules or have any rules or um you know they're experimentation was nuts well yeah completely experimentation all the way they could they could do the the simplest poppiest songs they could do um you know crazy tomorrow never knows uh Um, you know, Indian influence songs uh, and and everything in between. So yeah, um, and uh, and of course, there's a little bit of w- with any good art. There's a little bit of tragedy. There's um, you know the the breakup. There's what happened to to John. Obviously, there's the Yoko Ono factor. There's all sorts of uh, stuff into the mix that. Um, kind of make it even more uh mm. even more mouth-watering okay um, well, don't commit to one give us a give us a few okay well okay i'll give you one this this i'll probably call them the best australian band for for well the reasons i'll probably list is um i'd have to say nick cave and the bad seeds because just for all those things you mentioned, like longevity, for one thing, like he is, Nick Cave is still producing, you know, quality music. You know, he's just released an album, like a live album he did through the whole um, lockdown isolation um, phase. Uh, he's, yeah, from since the, the late 70s with, you know, the birthday or the, the boys next door, then the birthday party, and just all the members of the band that have gone off to do their own thing as well which i think is all important like warren ellis and the dirty three he's amazing the movie soundtracks they've produced yeah um you know blixer bargeld he was a member of the bad seats and yep. his stuff with or oh, i can't <laughs> done the new button or what how do you say it? Said the new button yeah uh, i think it means collapsing new buildings or something like that <laughs> um 
then there's like Roland S. Howard, who's had an amazing career or passed away semi recently. Ed Cooper, I think, was a member for a while. Wow, I, I never knew so, that. Uh, I just think, yeah, and and so coupled with that, I, you know, have you ever seen? Just, have you seen Ghosts of the Civil Dead? I haven't. No, is that? pretty trippy it's a uh, it's a deeply disturbing film uh, that nick cave stars in um it's in a it's set in a in a supermax it's a fictitious supermax security prison in the middle of the somewhere in oh, the wow of, like in the australian desert or something and it's right it's a dystopian kind of brutal absolutely brutal um yeah because he's also because nick cave he, he did he did that other wrote that other fantastic film that was like a um with it with guy pierce it's like a oh, the proposition or something yeah fuck that's an insane film absolutely insane yeah i haven't seen it well and his um, books and his poetry ah um well i'll read you this it says and this um i think that ability to go to that sublime next level um really gets me with with nick cave and this is um as a recent song of his um from uh push the skyway was the album the song's called jubilee street and the the, the album version's great as it is but then he, that he went and toured it and the live version i think it just evolved and got more and more powerful this is an article from the new yorker about this woman who wasn't even really a nick cave fan and her response to do you know the song jubilee street it's about this kind of uh, unrepentant yes, sort of so. this this kind of unrepentant kind of shadowy dude who you know is involved in this this uh, woman in in a brothel and it just turns to shit but he kind of rises through the ash from the ashes of the whole disaster um so anyway this is the, this is this woman talking about the live version of the song jubilee street he slides through the verse into look at me now he repeats that phrase, kicks out a leg, and then the song bolts out from under him like a half-broken cult and explodes. I've spent my whole life going to shows. I've danced. I've cried. I've walked home buzzing in my ears and soul. But I've never experienced the feeling of a fist closing around my heart and wrenching it to my feet. I became aware that I was growling, vocalising some animal sound deep in my throat, savage with surprise and wild joy. Look at me now. I find myself watching and re-watching YouTube clips of that concert. My favourite might be from the show in Argentina. When the song breaks loose, that crowd goes absolutely bonkers. I keep watching, tears in my eyes as they pogo wildly up and down, moving like a storm. It's the spirit, spiritual apex of a tent revival for a profane and broken people. Cave sounds like a shaman and commands the room like a cult leader. We tend to see music as entertainment. Performance like this pull it firmly back to where it belongs in the realm of spiritual experience.
there you go. So have a listen to that song. And when it kicks in, there's a live version from uh, Copenhagen uh, we'll put in the playlist, which um, is just nuts. You hear the crowd just go ballistic when it kind of goes to that next level. That's a so, great, uh, that's a really fantastic um, uh, write-up as well. Mm, yeah. Um, two cool. things about Nick Cave. One, the fucking COVID. Uh, we've got, we got, we were supposed to see Nick Cave in April this year. Um, and oh, yeah. and apparently <laughs> it's going to be in May next year. So we've got, we've got tickets to, okay. to see him. Um, and the second one, just today in, in, uh, in the newspaper, in a newspaper, an English newspaper, uh, Nick Cave has accused the BBC of mutilating the Pogue's fairy tale of New York following, oh. B- following the BBC's decision to play a censored version on, uh, on Radio 1. Uh, writing, yeah, writing on the Red Hand Files, the website which he answers questions, uh, through which he answers questions submitted by, by fans, Cave said he could not comment on how offensive the word faggot is deemed, particularly by the young. It may be deeply offensive. I don't know, he said. In which, in which case, Radio 1 should have made the decision to simply ban the song and allow it to retain its outlaw spirit and dignity. I, that, that blog or whatever is red right hand blog or whatever it's called. Yeah. Apparently is amazing because people write in and he, and he, he gives these long answers back and apparently he wrote about the death of his son and I haven't read it, but apparently it's, it's just mind blowing the, the way he's opened himself up to his fans and the world, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Nick Cave gets his reputation as being this miserable, depressive person, but I just think he's an amazing human being um no i've, uh, and, I've, I've got a, actually uh, sorry go go for it oh and and okay. and the thing that people who probably don't get into him enough or, or or give him a chance is that he has got a sense of humor he's helped some of his songs are hilarious um you know he obviously explores some pretty dark territory but but when you um when you give him a chance he's, he's a funny guy too i reckon which i think is important no, yeah. absolutely, and he's a, he's a absolutely he's a Renaissance man, isn't he? I mean, he's you know he's he's an extreme intellect. He's extremely well read. Obviously, he writes fantastically. Um, mm. Yeah, he's a real <clears throat> he's multi talented. I am. Um, I have a, a Nick Cave uh, story. Um, oh, I was once in Morocco. We were there for, I don't know, four or five days. And each morning we went down to this uh, local cafe, a very nice cafe in in the kind of main, one of the squares in this, it's a beautiful medieval um, fort town that was built by the Portuguese, I think. Um, But yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Anyway, um, for about three or four mornings in a row, uh, Nick Cave, and his, I think he was with, he, I think he was married to a Brazilian woman at the time. Um, mm. They were at the next table. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like three or four days in a row. Um, so this is a, a, a sunny resorty kind of place. No, like... not at all. No, it's a grungy. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's, this was, you know, like this was 15. Time, time disappears, doesn't it? At least yeah. 15 years ago. Um, and no, it was pretty 
it was pretty, uh, it was mor the kind of Morocco that you really want to want to experience, you know? It, right. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was down, it was earth, earthy and, uh, and real. Um, and funnily enough, um, on a couple of the mornings on another table was uh, Jean-Paul Gautier. Wow. So it, must, it must have been quite, um, a, quite mm -hmm. a happening place to have Nick Cave in, uh, and Jean-Paul Gautier in the same, at the same cafe. But anyway, we just, yeah. we just stumbled across it. We were surfing and smoking loads of hash. So, um, yeah. It was wow, fun. Nick Cave. Was... That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for some reason I just pictured pictured him in a kind of resorty place wearing um <laughs> like black black board shorts. Um <laughs> he was definitely wearing he was definitely wearing a black suit, um, which I guess is de rigueur, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well that's great. Um Well, I like your um, I, I agree. I agree with you. I, I mean I for me the the all time Australian band will always be midnight oil but that's there's a number of reasons for that um but no, I, I, you've you've sold me on the nick cave not that you needed to to sell me i actually i do need to listen a bit more widely to to nick cave so um yeah um i i shall make a note to personal note to to do that I, i've got the beatles i've got the bobs that's Marley yep. and Marley and Dylan. Uh, cool. I've got <clears throat> Neil Young. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got Led Zeppelin. Yeah. No, I've definitely got Led Zeppelin. I've got the the. For me, there's um, the, there's a whole range of uh, reasons for that. Um, I've got Aphex Twin. Yeah. I've got uh, Amalia Rodrigues, who is a Portuguese fado singer and i'll, I'll splice oh. in uh, she's like the the embodiment of portuguese-ness and uh probably the most beloved of all uh portuguese right. uh, artists i'll have to have a listen to, yeah i'll have yeah, to listen to that it's really really beautiful stuff Okay, well, should I just hit you with a few, a few yeah. rapid fire? Okay, best board I ever surfed. So I suppose this is more a personal undisputed. Is a Greg Weber thruster I rode back in the day. It was a mate lent it to me. I've never felt a board accelerate off a bottom turn better than this thing, and it, it makes me wonder why I never actually got a Weber board after. <laughs> um, uh, you never even did. You did you ever have a as uh, as my as my long lost buddy Aldo used to say, did you ever have an insult surf boat? I didn't. No. I, I think, think I think the I think they were quite expensive. Yeah, no, they were. The they, they were. Yeah. I think that might have been why I never got one. Um, but yeah, there's something about that board. That, yeah, like 
I, I don't know. It wasn't one of those. Mates. It wasn't one of those banana things, was it? No, I think it's pre-banana. Right. It was more just just when his his sort of thrusters were maybe at their peak before then, just just looking beautiful. But it was um, an insight, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did look. Um, I remember. Uh, I remember my man Suggs. Um, he we couldn't believe it. We were all riding these old beaten up pieces of shit and his old man or somehow he got the money and he got a custom insight. Oh, what? And it was like, I, I don't know if, I don't know what Weber used to do to these boards. It was just because what we were riding was so dirty, but this thing looked like it, it looked like someone had spray painted it with the whitest white that you could ever get. The board was so white. It was, I can still, it was the, I think it was the first kind of custom board that I'd ever like been able to get near and hold and look at. And it was, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that. I don't think I had a custom board for in my grommethood. I think I had oh, one no, when I was um, uh, a bit older. I had to fund it myself, but I tell you what, Greg Webber has just put up on his Instagram. He's, I think he's looking to crowdfund a movie about shapers and it's hilarious he's drawn like this little cover for the um for the i suppose cover for the surf movie uh title and he's listed all the shapers that he wants to kind of interview um he's on it of course um so he basically wants to do a movie about shapers um but i love his reasons um for wanting to do this movie um He's given five reasons why he wants to do a movie on shapers. One, it'll be a valuable document. Two, some of these old cunts will die in the not too distant future. Um, three, yes, of course I want to see these legends talk about the history, but I also want to see them give some other shapers some shit. Um, four, it will be fun overall. And five, secret reason. <laughs> he, um, he, that. if you hear him interviewed, he, 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 uh, he pulls zero punches. He, he really doesn't. Oh, back. He puts Which, it out there, doesn't he? Yeah. No that's, um, that, um, that's, um, he, mate, undisputed. That's a, he's, yeah. he, he, he ticks the uh, nonconformist and the fuck you. That's for sure. For sure. He, he, um, have you heard he's, I've heard him being interviewed and he said that he came up with, whether it was the banana board or whatever, he, he, or he maybe it's all of his, he comes up with his bottom contour designs by going out in the surf and going underwater and watching waves go by over him and boards mm. go through waves. And then yeah. that's how he comes up with his, um, the, 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 the way he designs his, you know, the, the contours of, of his equipment, which is it sounds like a pretty uh, interesting way to do, to do it. It visually happened. The board got more rocker and it turned into concave at exactly the same time. And I was underwater when I saw it happen. That's the weird bit. It's above me and it's sort of floating just above me and I'm underwater. I, so I went concave and, and rocker at both at the same time. It was really odd. And I didn't think that thing. Yes, I did because it's out of my brain. But that's why people get confused and they think some other being or force or entity has given it to them and they get carried away with themselves. Load of bullshit. I'm just a normal human being with a slightly nutty way of thinking. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, other other few categories I got here. Best surf, best surf movie. I, I couldn't decide between Litmus or Morning of the Earth. Um, I, I think the best scene, I think this is undisputed as far as I'm concerned, is the Derek Hind Galaxy 500 Listen, the Snow is Falling scene in Litmus. I just, I, I just you can't beat that for a combination of music. <laughs> Crazy innovative slash retro surfboard surfing and well you know you've got Jay Bay and Derek Hine being Derek Hine. There is a, how... there's, there's one particular part in that scene where he's he's getting ready to go out on like a fucking 20 foot long board and he's got two, <laughs> two leg ropes on he's putting yeah. on two, he's putting on two leg ropes and kind of yeah. and kind of looking around going fuck it looks pretty big out there <laughs> I've watched that that clip, that bit of that movie, I don't know, a hundred times, I reckon. I, mean, I wore out the VHS at, um, on Roscoe Big Gold Train's copy. Galaxy um, 500. Got to love yeah. Galaxy 500. Anything else? Anything, uh... well, I've got... I, 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 best board I've surfed was a six-foot... Six, six uh, Channel Islands rookie shaped oh. by... Shaped by Hayden Lewis. Um, oh, go shaper. Yeah, my personal personal shaper. Um, and, I mean, that's that's the best board I've surfed on. Meaning, the best a board has ever made me surf. <laughs> it doesn't mean mm. it's whatever. But actually, I would have to say that the best boards that I have surfed are the two boards that I currently have, both from him, which is my. Uh, wow. Hayden Hayden Lewis single and my Hayden Lewis twin, which are basically my two go-to boards. That uh, they're just yeah, um, go out and buy a Hades. Hayden Lewis uh, Hayden Lewis surfboards. They are, you know you deserve it. Excellent. Um, best surf movie for me is Glass Love. I think. Um, oh, I, know okay. th yeah. I think we this is a bit of a Andrew Kidman Appreciation Society, but um, yeah, I just love that. There's a few scenes in it that I just that just really kind of mm. hit me. So I, I guess maybe that there's some personal uh, when I when I got into it. Um, yeah, it was a time in my life that I just really, really kind of dived deeply into into the into the whole idea of. I just I really enjoy the idea of 
exploring why people do what they do and how they how they uh, how they're influenced by it and how why they love surfing so much you know and that mm. that that movie does does do that I, I think that probably other films are better but that kind of for me as a surf movie really uh really works yeah uh, and so it, it it your point in life you were exploring that same thing and that spoke to yeah. you yeah i think so i mean i think i think like anyone well not like anyone like a lot of people um obviously litmus kind of turned people on to a whole range of different things particularly the Derek hind um uh hmm. section and then you had a smattering of of things like um tom curran surfing that uh tommy peterson fish at bloody 10 foot whatever it is hts or wherever it is um i don't think it's hts is it um but it's like he's surfing like a five four or something um yeah then and then from then on obviously things got a little bit whack wacky which is great but yeah glass love was probably when i was um getting my first kind of hayden lewis fish um which i've still got made in 2001 uh nice uh keo fish which is it's like an ironing board really but fuck that thing is just an absolute joy to ride still still going i think the thing that i like about litmus say compared to morning of the earth which is obviously a an iconic movie more like to me morning of the earth was a an era um defining movie whereas litmus was an era changing movie if yeah you know that's, I mean. that's interesting it ushered in a new era, um, whereas Morning of the Earth just reflected the era. So I think for me, Litmus, yeah, it gets to that next level because it actually pointed at a different direction. And, and those who kind of were lucky enough to kind of see it or be swept away by it, even if you may hadn't even seen the movie, you, you were kind of affected by it by just seeing these people riding crazy different boards and 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 just bringing the joy back into surfing, which I think was missing. Uh, I know in my own case, I was just struggling on a short board like most of us were. And yeah. as an average surfer, um, I, I almost kind of drifted away from surfing, not completely, but I just wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't surfing well. And then when you got on a fish, it was like, wow, this is, you know, I'm still struggling with it, but I'm having a ball, you know? I mean, I've got a, I've got a gun. Uh, well, it's kind of a, a semi gun, I guess. I guess you'd consider that to be a, a normal uh, board. But everything else is is not a normal shortboard. So, yeah. And the vast majority of stuff that I ride, um, uh, I mean, pretty much, as I said, it's been pumping here, and most of the time, because it's been just good barrels, I, I just ride a single fin when it's barreling left. So I just always ride the single. So, um, yeah, and you know, I mean, fuck it's, it just works. And especially as you get older and less inclined to, uh, to move too fast, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it actually uh, allows you to do some, uh, some nice little hand jives. Nice. <laughs> the, yeah. the hand jive is the, uh, it's the, it's the next best thing to, um, actually turning. Well, the rest of the body gives, gives up the hands still move. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what's more on your uh, on your undisputed list? 
Um, I've got a list of the best best move ever done by a surfer. Oof, me too. Um, the TC snap, the current cutty, the TF look back sole arch cutty at J Bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you got? I think I got, uh... I've got. I've got pretty much any one of Oki's turns in that, either in the <laughs> in the skins um, thing, which I think is in Litmus actually. Um, oh yeah, those backhand. Yeah, where he's just I mean, not only is oh. it not only is about eight foot wave, but he's literally just jamming the best fucking bottom turns, bottom turns to start with, and then just yeah pivoting and sliding off the top i mean it's just it's mind-blowing the the uh the le- the control he has in those turns it's and yeah. that's on serious southern juice right mm. was was it bells where he did a, a heritage he recently and he didn't get that many good ways but he did one turn that kind of relived that um that era right yeah i think so I, I think i remember i think i remember saying that and it was just like there there it is it's it's still there it's um the other the yeah. other move that i i can't say i've seen in on video there's a there's a photo of andy irons at cloud break and he's doing this backhand hack and it looks like he's skiing or snowboarding oh, have you seen that i haven't no <sighs> Uh, I'll try and dig it up, but um, it's just the most. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got to kind of put Andy Irons in the in the mix as well, right? Mm. Um, wow. Well, okay. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't picture that one. There's a few Gadaskis brother. I don't know which ones it was. Gadask Yeah. There's a picture of one of them doing a snowboard style turn, which is just pretty crazy. What's the best live gig you've ever seen? My best live gig I've ever seen. That's pretty hard to separate. But the one I reckon that well definitely blew my ears away was um, Fagazi at the Sydney Town Hall um, back in would have been like '93 or something like that. You put the uh, po- you put the poster up, poster photo. Yeah, yeah, I found yeah. that online somewhere. But there, yeah, that was. Fagazi, Mark of Cain, Spider Bait, and uh, all very loud bands. I don't know how my ears survived. But um, yeah, Fagazi Live, uh, pretty next level as far as just um, intensity, you know. A cerebral hardcore band, if ever there was one. Um, we went to a festival uh, in Europe one time, and there were a whole load of people on the on the bill. But the last two acts were Underworld and then Fatboy Slim. And Ooh, um, yeah, right. I mean, I've I've seen both of those. Well, I've seen Fatboy loads of times, and and Underworld a load of times as well, actually. But uh, the, and it just, it was outdoor, lots of people, beautiful weather, middle of summer yeah, right. and yeah, and Underworld were just mind blowing. And then uh, Fatboy just kind of just 
because underworld are quite under, well underworld can be quite dark you know but but really mm. intense you know and and uh, so they got the got everyone kind of in a frenzy and then fat boy just kind of releases the pressure with his uh, with his whole um act you know which is it's just it's fun and it, it just absolute you know dancing until dawn type thing so um, well, I just, um two two things you you had funniest song and the best art rock song <laughs> did you have answers for those the funniest song okay let me uh see if i can hit find it yeah i i just you know i, th- I might have said it before i think funniness in songs is underrated i i think i think when someone does a funny song it gets kind of put in the novelty you know yeah where I just think, fuck, I mean, we want to laugh, maybe especially now. And I just think a song that can make you laugh uh, is gold. And for me, it's, uh, well, it, it wasn't from Litmus because it, it wasn't in the movie, but it was from the soundtrack of our CD. It's uh, Noah's Tragic Texter. And I, for some reason, I just, every time I listen to this song, I laugh. It, it's, it's, um, it's, I think it's in my top 10 best songs of all time, just for that reason. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. One, two, three, four. Noah Taylor is a man who wants to be another man. Tex Perkins is that man who Noah wants to be. The tragedy is they never both can be the one and only. Caveman, the tragedy is they never both can be the one and only. A very funny band called Mr. Bungle. Um, oh, yeah. And it's called Squeeze Me Macaroni. And my uh, my art uh, arty song or art what did you call it art house no uh, art, art rock. rock song yeah is uh, Laurie Anderson language is a virus oh mm. nice yeah yeah it's yes that's very interesting Laurie Anderson no, she, yeah super industry interesting and I remember seeing this on Rage uh, when I was a, an impressionable teen and just being kind of uh, fascinated with it was just a very different um very different delivery and the whole the whole vibe is uh really really unusual so my best ever this is i think this is undisputed for me this is the best ever guitar solo Ooh, yeah um dinosaur jr from the green mind album and the song's called green mind oh.
There we go. There is something. There is something just so epically cool about Jay Massix and just his whole his whole vibe. Uh, I I love I love Dinosaur Junior. Hey, do you want to hear my um <coughs> my favorite, or at least the, when I was thinking about it, my favorite guitar solo? Here we go. Go. For it. While they come to the crescendo of that guitar solo, David Lee Roth does a full scissor jump in his spandex pants. It's just how good was he? Um, and Eddie Van Halen recently just passed away. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, well, that's classic. That's a um, guitar solo. <clears throat> should we? Uh, should oh, we quiz up. Oh no, you also had the best oh, riff. riff. Okay, this one. Okay, all the others. Okay, I could get if people disagree but this one i reckon is scientifically kind of unquestionable this this riff I, I think this riff was discovered in the in stern in the um you know what's that the the, the, the hadron, hadron collider, hadron collider. <laughs> because this thing this thing just goes off into outer space you know forever like i think they, the, the band they're these 16 year old little kids in 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 australia I think Sydney. So I just think it's great that this band and they they had the audacity as as teenagers to call themselves God. they play the riff from start to finish from the beginning yeah, of the song like, to the it's end it doesn't like a, stop it's almost like a, a loop in electronic music right yeah and and the amazing thing is that so the riff doesn't change but the chords change around it and it's a mate it sounds like the riff is changing but it's not it's just it's just it's it's the constant so it's it creates right. this really kind of bizarre effect okay um, i've got I've, I've got one um riff and again it's the riff that i could think of at that particular moment but it is a fucking good riff here, here we go Metallica um, and uh, that's it's just like a fucking pneumatic drill to the head um, yeah blackened you could probably put 10 Metallica riffs in your in your top 20 you know they're, they're just power all power brutal yeah. brutal 
<clears throat> All right. Um, Dazza B, let's, um, let's quiz it up because I'm going to have to go to bed mm. and surf some perfect waves again. Fair enough. Yeah, you, I, I don't know how you're handling this onslaught of perfect waves. It's, it's just... I've got two more mornings and then it's uh, a week of onshore. So I've got, got to make, make the most of it while the, uh, while the offshores shine. Yeah. Um, okay. Quiz time. Woohoo. Where is my Before we start, what's the prize this time? We had the drop in. Ooh. Okay. Um, how about uh, the prize is the next surf trip we have, the the winner can take wax and zinc at at will. Without even That's asking. Awesome. Without even wax asking. is wax is there like a you know, if there was a, a surf jail, wax would be the um, the currency. Well, you know, the funny thing is we, we've now been, this whole long weekend, we've been locked into our council area. So we can't, fortunately, the waves have been going off right in my council area. But in my council area, there's no, out of, out of summer no, season, surf shop. there's no surf shop. So, and I've run out of wax. So <laughs> I, I, um, our our good mate um, our good mate Benos um, will be uh, he'll be he'll be gutted to know that I'm uh, using a wax comb because that's the only thing I can possibly uh, do at the moment is comb the wax to try and give it a little oh, smidgen of uh, of traction. He's he's uh, anti wax comb. Well, yeah, well I believe so. I believe so. I, if my memory serves me correctly, yes. I have to resort to that because my um my kids keep stealing my wax and and I um I often find myself waxless. And, so uh, what I, I to plan to do to tomorrow too. tomorrow we're allowed out of our council area and we have to go and uh, check on the uh, family beach house. Um and I plan to go and buy literally four or five blocks of wax. <laughs> that's great. So food, medication, that, that's <laughs> not a priority. It's like wax. Yeah. What do you need in in surf prison? You need a, a shiv, block of wax, <laughs> some zinc. Question one: uh, How many times did the Beatles use the word love in their songs? Was it A, five hundred and fifty three times, B, six hundred and thirteen times, or C, seven hundred and twelve times? Is this in the title? No, the word yeah. love in in their songs oh i have to say that the highest one what was that 600 and... no it was 712 <clears throat> yeah that one no it was 613 times <laughs> oh. <clears throat> oh, that's that's awesome yeah um well uh, yeah don't blame them um okay zero okay basically this is who am I? I'm a band. Ooh, okay. Nice, nice. Their, their name originates from a song, a song title by a kraut rock band called Can. Their first single, the first line of their first single contains a French poem by the poet Baudelaire. Um, 
they recorded albums with Connie Plank, uh, who produced Kraftwerk, uh, Brian Eno, and Ultravox, to name just a few. Their music is described as, oh, initially was described as art funk. Um, mm. And by the way, that's not Paul Simon's pet name for his bandmate. <laughs> um, but they are now known more for pub rock and they sing of Aussie beer-drinking, truck-driving angst. Ooh. Jesus Christ. So it's an Australian band, obviously. Uh, wow, Can and a Baudelaire song. The funk bit has thrown me completely. Yeah, well... But now, but now you'd probably describe their style as more pub rock. They kind of evolved, I suppose. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Hunters and Collectors. Bing! Yes. Really? Yes, very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, that was good. Um, okay. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this, but hopefully you will. Who is this speaking? Did you hear that? Hmm. Yeah. Oh God. Now is this surf related? No, it's it's music related, and I've mentioned this person's name today. Um, American. Uh, I can't. I don't yeah. know. Uh, tell me. Oh, hang on. Write a song today no. called Donald Trump has got a song. No, that couldn't be a song. Are you kidding? That's not a song. <laughs> Was it Neil Young? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I kept thinking of surfers, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. I'll hit, I've got two quotes. So you've got. Um, Sort of, it's a two-part question, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got two surf, uh, surfing-related quotes. And nice. who said this? Okay. Surfer girls rip and they are hot. <laughs> who said that? Oh. <clears throat> I'll give you a clue. It's a surfer. surfer. And it's a female surfer. Oh, it's a female surfer. Hmm. Surfer girls rip and they are hot. Uh, Pauline Mensa. Alana Blanchard. Uh, okay, so this is part two. This is uh, this is like a surfing. I'll give you a clue. This is a surfing quote, but it was actually by a musician who said it. Um, and it's this: I've tried body surfing. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift. Ziggy Marley. 
Okay, I'll give you one more. This is another quote. Yeah. Who said this? It's a music, music one and it, by a musician himself. You can only trust yourself and the first six Black Sabbath albums. Oh, that's good. Um, <clears throat> uh, is, this is, is this someone who is a hard rocker? Yeah. You can only trust yourself and the first six Black Sabbath albums. Uh, Jack White. Oh, good guess. No, it's uh, Henry Rollins. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, um, I've got a quote for you. Um, who is this quote about? Um, by the end of 1965, XXX was riding like a visitor from 10 years in surfing's future. He did turns where his board tilted up 90 degrees, laid down figure eight cutbacks and spent more time in the tube or the green room in the going lingo than the top 100 <laughs> surfers in the world combined. Oh, the green room bit makes me want to say George Greeno. Yes. Uh, hey. <clears throat> How's that? Riding like a visitor from 10 years in surfing's future. That's so good. Awesome. Awesome. Have you got any more questions? Uh, I don't. Right. And I wasn't keeping score. No, but we can just share. We can share our wax and zinc the next time we meet. Oh, that's yeah. I do have I like one that. last um, one last question. Um, uh, this is just a, a fun one for um, for a bonus bonus mm -hmm. use of the wax. Um, <clears throat> this is in an interview that this person gave uh, in the in the late sixties, and the interviewer says, "How do you find America?" and the person responds turn left at greenland that's great i know it was one of the beatles was it was it ringo it was ringo ah. <laughs> that's so good um wow that's good mm. funny guys um well, oh, and i just, there was one last thing i thought we could i could mention because i thought this might be good to put on as as kind of a a I don't know, as it may be at the end of the show, we, we talked about the undisputed, and I think you mentioned the heaviest, the heaviest band out oh, there. Yes, I think you mentioned yes, an yes. article. And I think um, Sun, we, we still haven't figured out how they call name this band, they're called Sun, Sun O. <laughs> yeah. A, a brand of doom metal. And uh, I just think if, if the listeners out there want to tweak themselves to a sort of an out-of-body experience, you stick the headphones on and play one of their songs. Death Heaven. Have you heard of Death Heaven? Death Heaven or Death Heaven? Death Heaven. One right. word. Death Heaven. And oh, yeah. they're called, their genre, I suppose, is post-metal, whatever that means. Um, yeah and they've got a um they've got a fantastic album called uh sunbather which is kind of oh, okay podcast um yeah it's equally kind of uh bom bombastic and um yeah and uh definitely worth a listen as well 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 um i have to put that in because i love this um the, this song from sun Sun O actually contains the longest Hungarian word in um, 
in Hungarian. And it's, I couldn't even try and repeat it. It's called Megzinstigleruder. Oh, it goes for, it's about 40 letters long. But the, the word means for your repeated incapabilities of having been unholified, deconsecration perhaps is the opposite of oneness in a sacred sense. Sunbather by Deaf Death Deaf Heaven. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it says made up of four sprawling tracks strung, strung together by ambient interstitals. The album drifts oh. between mo moments of manic catharsis and contemplative calm, allowing the listener a moment of respite in its expansive soundscapes before releasing another intense deluge of rhapsodic emotion and blast beats. Blast beats. <laughs> I've just got it playing there now. Probably, probably totally hard to hear. Good. I'll have to give that a, a try yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. that death heaven. Yeah. Good stuff. Nothing like All a bit right. of doom metal. All right, Dazza. Um, it's been a pleasure. An absolute mm -hmm. pleasure. Same. Well, you get some sleep. Yeah. And you good. get out there again early. Yeah, the battles. Uh, dark. We'll be. Oh, um, me and uh, my man Devo will be probably because it's a full moon. We'll probably be uh, heading out into the water in the dark. I would imagine. What? Wow. Yeah. Well, enjoy. All right. Get brother. barrel for me. Thank you. And um, we'll see you next time. You. You. Bye bye. Ciao. 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 Thanks for listening to another episode of Soundwaves. May Huey bless you with crystal clear barrels and Apollo bring beautiful sounds to your ears. Just remember, as Nietzsche said, the mother of excess is not joy, but joylessness. You.